Welcome to Permission to Launch. I'm your host, Janine Mix. I was six figures in debt and now I'm a seven figure entrepreneur and I didn't cut up my credit cards or give up my lattes to get there. In this podcast, I unleash the truth behind what it takes to start and grow a successful business and how to use that growth to build true wealth. From profitable business strategies, marketing tips, and breaking the money beliefs that are keeping us from playing big, I'll unveil the secrets and shifts to living a more abundant life. Get ready to learn, launch, and lift off. Welcome back to another episode. I'm super excited because we finished up our five-day permission to launch challenge and there were so many breakthroughs and breakdowns in that free five-day challenge. It was awesome. I can't wait to do the next one, so stay tuned for that. But the next few episodes, I figured I would share some of the um, mindset shifts and things that came out of the five-day challenge. So today's episode is titled, Three Reasons You Actually Don't Want to Make More Money. So we're going to go over all three of these reasons. It's a little controversial, but stay with me. I think you'll find a lot of benefit from today's episode. So reason number one, that you don't actually want to make more money. You think your success will take from their success. I'm not even kidding when I say (laughs) basically day one, there was like a 30 minute, you know, uh, shift in the content of day one on the challenge around this concept, like talking about Elon Musk and, you know, some higher level entrepreneurs. And we just went on and on in these circles. And so I thought I would share with you a couple mindset shifts here. First of all, if you think your success will take from their success That is showing a scarcity mindset. So there's, I'm sure you guys have heard this before, scarcity mindset and abundant mindset. But I thought I'd dive a little bit deeper into those and also give us some real tangible tools for having an abundant mindset. Because really what this came down to was lack, right? Like if if my success outshines someone else's or if I take resources that I'm, or I build or, you know, maximize resources, I'm taking from resources that, other people have, which honestly, to be honest, is super limiting God's powers and abilities to provide for us, right? Let's talk about scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset refers to people seeing life as like a finite pie. So if one person takes a big piece that leaves less for everybody else, scarcity mindset sees limits everywhere. This contributes to an unfulfilled life of worry and stress and anxiety and one that is constantly concerned about having enough and others having too much. So this is kind of like the glass half empty, right? Abundance is the glass is overflowing, right? You, sh- you can give from an abundant place, the glass is overflowing, um, or you have only this finite amount of water in this glass and there's no way possible to refill that glass, <laughs> you know, or find another fountain. I just thought I would share a little bit because basically one thing I had mentioned in the challenge was that you mean to tell me that if I go start a business and provide a really good service that people are willing to pay for and create more income for my family, uh, you know, to give back to the causes that I love for my church, 
that that directly takes away from the person who's sitting in their parents' basement playing video games? Like that's just, that mindset is just so limiting. And honestly, we serve a limitless God. So I definitely do not believe this, but this was a huge contributing factor to Ryan and I growing and developing in our business and our real estate and everything that we're doing now. It was a huge shift and one that we often have to ask ourselves if we're shifting backwards into. What's the opposite of a scarcity mindset? An abundant mindset. Abundant mindset means to see the limitless potential in life. It means that you can see the potential in yourself and everyone around you. And as a result, you intentionally drive yourself toward creating the life that you want. One way to recognize if you have an abundant mindset is your willingness to share with others. Are you willing to share your time? Or do you think that there's only a, you know, a finite amount of time and you're not willing to give that time up to someone else, right? And I'm not talking about healthy boundaries and time management. I'm, I'm saying uh, you're unwilling to serve in the way that you feel called um, to give your time because you're afraid that there's, you know, not enough time in the day to get anything done. Are you willing, you know, what's your willingness to share with others your resources, your money, your, you know, whatever that resource is. Uh, You know, do you have a willingness to share that with others? What about your ideas? Are you, you know, full of creative ideas, but you don't want to share them with anybody because you're afraid like someone else might take that idea and turn it into something else? For years, I worked with retailers and one of the biggest fears in my membership was what happens if someone in my community who's also a competitor also joins this group? Like that was a real email I would get quite a bit. (laughs) It stopped after a while because, you know, community over competition, we definitely had a, a thriving mindset, an abundant mindset as a group. But right away when that membership started, there was lots of questions coming in. And a limited mindset would say, Well, if they go and implement that idea and I go and implement that idea, like, you know, it can't be unique or benefit our customers um, if we're both doing it. An abundant mindset would say, well, she's going to go do that differently than I'm going to do that. And we're going to serve our customers the way that we need it. Right. That there's endless ideas. And just because you get an idea from a group or a coaching program or something, that doesn't mean it's the only idea and it can only be executed one way. What you do with that information is going to look entirely different than what someone else is going to do with that information. So taking an idea and making your own and, you know, using that and leveraging that idea, you don't have to be concerned with what someone else is going to do or sharing that, right? That's the scarcity versus abundant mindset. So do you have a willingness to share freely or do you keep everything to yourself, right? Are your hands clenched, closed, shut, or are they open? Okay, so another way to think about this too is, you know, do you find it easy to celebrate someone else's wins or do you hesitate and have resentment, right? Limited mindset says, well, if this person's doing this thing that I want to be doing, then there's no room for me, right? Again, it's like that it's never enough. There's no room for me. An abundant mindset would say, you know, that person's going to go and serve a different person than I'm going to serve a different person and that there's room for all of us, right? There's room in this world for all of us to succeed. So how do you practice more abundant thinking? I have five quick tips for practicing abundant thinking. One, choose to see opportunity, not limits. 
Two, remind yourself that there's more than enough. God has provided everything that we need here to succeed. There's more than enough, okay? Number three, be around people who reflect this abundance to you, okay? Be a reflection of that abundance. You are the combined effort of your five closest friends. I want you to think about that for a second. Think about the five closest friends or family members around you. Do they have a scarcity mindset or do they have an abundant mindset? If you want to move towards abundance and, you know, positivity and all the things that come with just having a healthier outlook on life, you have to surround yourself with people that also reflect those values, that also reflect that light, right? Number four, spend time in reflection. You have to have a deep sense of awareness to know and even recognize when you have a scarcity mindset or an abundant mindset. And that scarcity mindset, it's the same as the negative thoughts, right? It's gonna sneak up when you least expect it. So you have to have this awareness. So reflect and have awareness around your thoughts and around what you're feeling and how you communicate and ask yourself, was that an abundant mindset or was that a scarcity mindset? The fifth thing is give more of what you want. If you want more praise, if you want more acknowledgement, go give it. Give it freely. Put that kind of energy out there. That is the difference between scarcity and abundant, right? So I that was just reason number one that you don't actually want to make more money, and that's because you think your success will take from their success. We've identified that that's scarcity mindset, and we want to say bye, Felicia, to that. The second reason that you don't want to make more money is that you think it's only about the mission and not the money. Let me say that again. You think it's only about the mission and not the money, okay? So you think it's about serving your skills and abilities, but the money is secondary and shouldn't be thought of. We shouldn't desire it. We shouldn't want it. We talked about this in depth on the five-day challenge about why this thinking is not God's thinking and is not, you know, again, goes to the scarcity mindset. But a lot of people will sit in this place where, well, I don't want to charge what I'm worth. You know, I don't want to charge more for that customer, you know, because it's more about serving them and making sure I give them, you know, a good product. I would argue that if they don't pay to play, Are you actually showing them the value in your program or in your service or in your product? I would argue that you're doing a disservice if you aren't charging what you're worth. One of the examples, I'm going to give you a couple stories, but one of the examples that I gave in the challenge was Jesus was a carpenter. (laughs) Do you think Jesus as a carpenter just gave away endless, you know, tables and chairs and dining room sets and, you know, armoires? Do you think that he was not a businessman? Well, he came from a generational business, okay? It doesn't say he was a woodworker. He was a carpenter. He had massive skills. Do you think the son of God who had a business and, you know, didn't pay his taxes, didn't charge what he was worth and didn't have a legitimate business? (laughs) No. So I also want to share another story. So for people who think it's about the mission and not the money, you know, well, I would argue that Jesus's mission required money. Many of our, you know, valuable nonprofits, what do they ask us for, you know, at their yearly events and galas? They ask us for money to serve their mission. I believe that it's a combination of both that will actually move the needle in the cause and what they're trying to do. So if you want to serve your mission, it's absolutely about the money. And let's go back to Jesus's life. Let's talk about the greatest mission of all time, right? I have an interesting story pulled up, so I'm going to read this so I don't butcher it. I just love this. I love this story. So 
Basically, Jesus and his disciples, they went on a two to three year mission spreading the gospel. I want you to think about that two to three years that they were uh, in need. They still had to pay taxes. They still had to have food to survive. They still needed clothing. They needed bedding, housing, and all sorts of things. Well, obviously, they, I'm sure they would have had generous hospitality, right, in many of the towns and villages. But did you know that Jesus's entire mission, his entire two to three year mission was funded by women? How amazing is that? When I found that out, I cried. I thought that was the coolest thing. I'm like, you don't learn this in church. So I just want to break that down in this article. Uh, so to put that in average terms, to to know exactly how much his mission would have uh, cost. And this was studied by experts, like literally people have studied this stuff. I'm going to read this off. To put it in average terms, if a day laborer today gets about 200 bucks, Okay, $50 would be spent on an evening meal. Like the majority of the money, like a quarter of their daily income is just spent on one daily meal. All this got you in the first century was a sizable piece of bread, a bowl of lentils, two pieces of meat, and two glasses of wine. A loaf of bread on its own was about one twelfth of a denarius. That's $16.50 roughly. A cluster of grapes or 10 figs set you back an eighth of a denarius or $25. Simple clothing, uncolored, set you back about four denarii. That's $800. Then there were various Jewish and Roman taxes due each year to the authorities. Again, Jesus did not pay taxes. Even assuming Jesus and his disciples lived modestly, right, which is probably a fair bet, the bill for this two to three year preaching tour would have been massive. So where did the money come from? Well, we have that in Luke chapter 8. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons came out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, and manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. This passage literally says that these women were providing for them out of their own money, their own hospitality, not just money too, their influence. Um, I, I started diving into this, like who is Joanna and you know who are these people and what do they do? And it was incredible to know that many of these women had influence in different towns. So I'm sure that that influence helped when they'd set up camp certain places in the marketplaces, right? And they knew what, what uh, authorities in the town to connect with. They had money and resources to serve his mission. If that mission wasn't served in that way with money to provide for needs and necessities, right? What would have happened? So I don't think there would have been a mission if it wasn't provided for, right? So again, when we go back to that, we think about it's only the mission. I'm just doing God's work and it's not about money. The Bible talks about money more than 2,400 times. So to say that it's not really about it and, you know, that this isn't an important subject, I honestly just don't agree with. Obviously, it was important. That's why it was talked about so much in the Bible. And there were given so many parables, so many stories, so many examples about how to be a good steward of this resource, of this money. Reason number two that you don't actually want to make more money is you think it's only about the mission and not the money. Okay, so last reason, the last reason is that you're afraid you might make a bad financial mistake that could hurt you and your family. 
I hear this all the time, all the time. I worked with one retailer. Her business was breaking millions of dollars in revenue and uh, she didn't have any debt. Not that that's good or bad. Again, I talked about that a lot in previous episodes, but she didn't have any debt. She didn't have any loan or anything on the business. Her husband had a great job. She was making income. Her business was providing for her family and her kids. And she was still worried that what if this fails? What if something happens? What if I make a bad decision with my business and I cost my family everything? There's so much fear there that's not true, right? She had a thriving business. She had a thriving retail business. So she was just creating and magnifying something that honestly I think is from the enemy. She was magnifying this in her life as the reason why she wanted to stay broke. She didn't want to make more money because she just had this fear of that. What would it take to make more money? All of this fear. So I want to share lastly in this episode, just one quick trick when it comes to mindset. This goes into the abundance. This goes into positive and negative thinking. You can use this in so many ways. So this is something that I call the mix shift. Okay. So what is the mix shift? The mix shift is three steps. So when you have that, uh, you know, limited belief or scarcity mindset message come up to you, the first thing you have to do is like, what is the message? What is the M the message that, you know, uh, you're telling yourself, for example, you're afraid you might make a bad mistake that could hurt you and your family. Okay. That's the message that you might be telling yourself in this example, right? The I is, is this true? Is it actually true that if you make a bad financial mistake, you're going to hurt you and your family? Well, I mean, I would say relative. Like, I mean, what are you doing? Going and gambling your money, just blowing money away? Are you getting a business loan and having no plan for what that would, what you would do with that? Like, no, likely in reality, none of that even takes place. So you have to ask yourself, is this message that I'm saying to myself actually true? So what is the message? That's the M. And is it actually true? Nine times out of 10, I think you're going to realize that it's not true at all. So what's the next thing you have to do? The X, the cross it out. What would you rather be telling yourself? So the message is, uh, you know, I might make bad financial mistakes that can hurt me and my family. Is it true? No. What would you rather be telling yourself? That I am a confident business entrepreneur who has a multiple million dollar business that can handle whatever comes my way and that this business can help provide for my family in ways I never knew it could. Wouldn't you guys rather be telling yourself that message? Again, and it it goes along with that first uh, step, right? Is it's the abundance mindset. It's that you have this belief that there's more out there, more opportunity, you know, and that it doesn't take from someone else. It doesn't dim their light. I honestly, to think about some person playing video games, not doing anything in their parents' basement, maybe they're 50. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there as an example, not really contributing to society and just kind of, you know, being there in their basement. I don't believe that me creating and building a business and me having a challenge and having a program and doing these things is taking away from the quality of that person's life or their necessities or their opportunities. I believe that that person in that basement has, you know, gifts and talents as well. Look how many people turn that video playing, uh, you know, in the mom's basement into a profitable business. Did you know that one of the top YouTube channels, I actually researched this, one of the Like I researched, like, what are the top YouTube channels that are out there? I was curious, like, what are people into? 
Some of those are video gamers. You just watch people play video games. That's insane to me. But they took their gifts and their talents and they did something with it. That's amazing. Them creating a YouTube channel, them having all these viewers, them having like whatever, selling whatever it is that they're selling and and turning this into a living or having advertising, whatever that is, does not take away from my quality of life or my ability to contribute or my ability to make more money. None of that is true. Use the mix shift method, okay? Maybe you're saying, you know, I'm bad with money, okay? Is that true? Is that message true? No, it's not. I'm actually pretty good with money. I'm, I'm actually really great with money. I actually am learning and growing, and I know I'm getting better each day with money. That's how you have the mix shift, So those were three reasons that you don't actually want to make more money. This came from the challenge, uh, you know, conversations that we were having inside this challenge. So I hope that you found this episode super beneficial. The next few episodes are going to kind of go into some of these hot topics that we had come out of this challenge. And I can't wait to share it with you. We had so many, like I said, breakthroughs, breakdowns, just endless DMs of people saying that it was an amazing challenge. I'm being pushed. I'm being pushed in my mindset, my beliefs around money my beliefs about around my business. One girl started her business, which is incredible. She started her side hustle. She's been struggling with whether or not she should do that or not. Boom, she started her her business in that five days. Another woman went and got another credit card. Um, you know, her story she was telling herself was, if I get another credit card or if I use credit because one time in my past I wasn't great with credit. Uh, so her message to herself was, I can never use another credit card. I'm irresponsible. <sighs> Okay, is it true? No, she's learned a lot from what she did with a credit card. So what would you rather be telling yourself? I could be responsible with credit cards and use the benefits that they offer. And she went and applied for a credit card in that five-day challenge, one that can give her travel benefits so that her and her family and her kids can go visit her sister in Australia who has never met her daughter. So cool. So what kind of shifts and breakthroughs can you have? I want you to think through through that. So again, I'm gonna just run through real quickly. So do you think your success will take from their success? What are ways that you can practice an abundant mindset? You know, choose to see the opportunity and not the limits. Do you think it's only about the mission and not the money? How can you serve both? How can you honor both the mission and the calling on your heart and the stewardship of the resources it's going to take to go after your dreams? And three, you know, you might be afraid that you're going to make bad decisions. What are you really telling yourself What are you telling? What lie are you telling yourself? And how do you use the mix shift method to be able to rewrite your story? If you change your story, you will change your life. That is directly from Tony Robbins. Change your story, change your life. 